Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, hey, where you been? Buckeye talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Welcome back to a market down Monday from Cleveland.com. I know it sounds weird to not hear Nathan Baird saying that, but he's in Hawaii and Stephen and I are not. So we're going to be doing Market Down Monday and we are going to mark down who Ohio State's next commitment will be. And also briefly at the end, we'll get into a little bit of Cedric Russell, who's the latest member of the Ohio State basketball team that happened on Friday. And so we'll cover a little bit of that, what that addition means, but mostly football recruiting in this one, which means for the Thursday podcast for the Buckeye Football Futures, we hope to have kind of an interesting thing that's a bigger picture thing about recruiting. We'll have to see if that happens. If that, we'll come up with something else because that's what we do here on Buckeye Talk. And then Tuesday, interesting one, long overdue, Stephen, that this guy is one of the most important people in the history of Buckeye talk. And he has not gotten enough appreciation from us. He has not gotten enough uh, opportunity to get the love from the listening audience. And that's Mike Lewis, who is the man who wrote, recorded and created from scratch, the Buckeye talk theme. And we know there are some of you that like you hear that and you're like, ah, Buckeye talk. And so we've gotten some good responses from tech subscribers about like what the theme song uh, means to them. Little funny stories about how people sing it in their lives. So Mike is going to be the guest on Tuesday and we're going to talk about his career as an Ohio State fan, his career as a musician, why he was kind enough to make this song for us, uh, how he came up with it. And just uh, give a shout out to a guy who's been exceedingly good to us and is a real loyal Ohio State Buckeye fan and a super talented dude. And we are just so grateful and lucky that he made a song for us. But now, Stephen, it's recruiting. And so only you are going to mark this down because, I mean, seriously, the last thing anyone needs is me marking down what's going to happen in recruiting. I'm still getting negative comments about my inability to announce or to pronounce the five stars last name, JT I'm working on it. And so I'm not going to do it because I don't know. But you're going to do it later on in this podcast. But this is an opportunity for us to reset. And anyone who knows recruiting coverage knows that resetting the class is always a valuable thing to do. It's not just a ploy to fill time and fill space and fill 
you know, story ideas and podcast content. It's like a necessary thing, Stephen, because like it, you can get into a flow and Ohio State's been in a flow. They've had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven commitments in the 2021 class plus JT since the beginning of May. So they've been flowing here and it's a little bit hard to keep up sometimes, but I mean, this is just what happens in, in late spring and summer, right? This is normal. Yeah, this should, this should have been the expectation. I, I sort of wrote something similar to this before I went on vacation and how, especially when these kids haven't had an opportunity to get on campuses for 15 months, you usually see this coming off of June official visits. I remember my first year on the beat 2019, Ohio State used those June visits to turn into July and August commitments where they filled up the, the bulk of their class. And what we've seen since then is you get these early guys in quickly. You know, a lot of these Ohio guys, highly rated Ohio guys, your quarterback, maybe a couple other national guys. And then you wait till the summer where you can get, get kids on campus and get these big groups, Buckeye bashes, the barbecues, whatever you want to call them. And then after that, you'll probably see a lot more recruitments, a bit, another big wave come in July and August. And that's what Ohio State is in right now. There's a lot of kids who might have been on the edge already before they had a chance to get on campus. And now that they have, you're seeing a lot of these kids pop, like Dallin Hayden just popped, you know, you know Kojo Entwi just popped. Uh, Caleb Brown popped while he was still on his official visit. So this should be the expectation as we head into fall camp here is that Ohio State's class is going to get up and running again with some more commitments. So are, are we really in an era now where there is a – sort of routine. I mean, obviously the pandemic disrupted that, but that a routine to an Ohio state class where, you know, as you were saying, they did get a bunch of these kind of Ohio guys. Now, Jair Brown, was he the kid who was in Louisiana, but then moved back to Ohio? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and I'm pretty sure they knew he was getting ready to move back to Cincinnati. So we kind of made a big deal a little bit at the time of like, Hey, they got a Louisiana kid. It's like, ah, he's not really a Louisiana kid. He's really an Ohio guy who's coming back to Ohio anyway. So when you look at this class, they had eight commitments, Stephen, in 2020 for the 2022 class, right? That this was, mm-hmm. they have they have 17 guys in this class now as we speak. They had, they had eight who committed last year, now nine who have gone this year. But the first four guys, if you count Jair Brown as an Ohio guy, the first four guys were Ohio guys and then needed tight ends. And then they went tight end, tight end who are Georgia and North Carolina kids, but they're not super highly rated guys. And it's kind of like, Hey, if you want to be a Buckeye, let's go. I would imagine that's how that conversation went. And if you don't want to be, we're just going to go get somebody else who's like you because not looking at Jeremy Ruckert type recruits at tight end. So it's Ohio, 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 Ohio. Let's go on the tight ends. And then bang the Quinn Ewers bomb in November November 19th, immediately followed up four days later by Caleb Burton. That's a Texas double dip. That is, okay, now we're starting to roll. So you sort of establish that class, and then you go Quinn Ewers, who's the highest-ranked guy in this class, Caleb Burton, who's the fourth-highest-ranked guy in this class, and then Jaheim Singletary starts off 2021. He goes on January 2nd. Those are like three headliners that – Maybe they don't want to be first, but you also want to get them when they're ready and they're not going to wait forever. So like that Ohio wave at the start and then sort of that first wave of like five star top 100 guys mm-hmm. that are kind of, you know, December, January. Again, it's, that seems like a little bit of a normal flow. 
Those are the leaders of the class. That's what you, that good mixture of Ohio highly rated guys. And then, you know, the Dundadas of, of the, of the world. I asked Ryan Day a similar thing when I was basically asking him about Jack Sawyer uh, last year during signing day before Jack Sawyer signed. And he said, yeah, you want to get your best players in Ohio. You want to get your quarterback and you want to get the best player on the defensive end of the ball. And those guys lead the class and that they lead the way in 2021. You saw that by way of Jack Sawyer and Kyle McCord being first, but then you also added Jaden Ballard and Ben Christian and and such and such. You went on that kind of that same pattern. And now that we're getting back to normal here, you're seeing exactly how this is supposed to work. CJ Hicks has the five-star along with Jair Brown and take a Shibola first, but then you start go national. Now you've got your quarterback, maybe in the, 2023 class you'd probably have whoever your Quinn Ewers is by now but we know what the quarterback situation is right now but yeah this is how this goes you get the highly rated Ohio guys first because then there'll be the leaders and then you go get the national guys who kind of open the floodgates for any other you know five-star top 100 kid who might be thinking about Ohio State to start peeking their way over here and start getting on these visits and then you get all these kids on campus like you saw when that June 4th visit where you've got eight committed guys and you've got eight of your highly rated targets all here together and from that you probably see a boom of commitments all right quick break and then we'll talk about sort of that second wave of commitments that ohio state is in the midst of now we'll do that next on buckeye talk all right back on buckeye talk doug lay maurice stephen means uh gotten some feedback from you guys the college football playoff show the national show that we're starting as I said before, like a couple little hiccups was my fault. Um, I mean, if something went wrong with technology, it's like, oh, I wonder, I wonder whose fault that was. Yes, it was Doug's fault. This is a company-wide initiative that is changing the face of modern journalism. And like Doug screwed up the recording. So anyway, anyway, it's coming this week. We keep we're getting like more stuff. Like it's coming. We have the show. It's really good. And I don't say it's really good because of me. I say it's really good because of my co-host, Shahan J. Haraja, who is just like really smart and funny and cool to be around. You guys are really going to like him. And so, again, thank you for the interest. I ended up jumping the gun a little bit on the promo of that because it was going to drop last week and it didn't. I've been, as we record this, I've been in a raft of meetings about it. Um, and it's, I'm just, I'm fired up. Like, I, it's weird, Stephen, when I was recording that, it's like, I do so many podcasts now. It's like, I don't know what even what I'm doing half the time, but, uh, but like, I was nervous. Like I had like a knot in my stomach recording that. Cause it's like a new thing. And then it was like, it, it was, it was good. No offense, Steven, but like with you and Nathan, I don't have a knot anymore. It's just like, whatever. I don't know. Make it up as I go, which you can probably tell. It's what it's I do. Routine. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so now I'm, I'm excited to hear it because we all know you like to talk a lot. I'm wondering how much you talked on this initial episode since you were so nervous. And it's one of those, I, I would like to dial back my talking from taking up like 92% of an episode to maybe like 87% of an episode. But again, if I'm nervous, I'm not sure if I accomplish that. So we'll see. All right. They so, talk about that in football. They talk about that in football. 1% every day, man. Just get 1% better every day. I, yeah. And like in like 20 years, it'll be down to me just being silent on a podcast, but it's going to be a gradual <laughs> backing off. All right. So again, if you guys want to be part of that, we're going to have a little uh, tech subscription as part of that. It, it, you can't find it quite yet. I hope as you hear this Monday, maybe you can, but wherever you listen to Buckeye talk, just look for the college football playoff show and you should be able to find it and subscribe to that. So again, that should be coming this week. We appreciate you guys and all your support because without your support, we won't be trying that. Okay. So they, Jaheim Singletary goes in January and he is commit number nine. 
Then they get Keon Graves in February. And then they don't get another one till May. So it, it does tell me a little bit, Stephen, is this a wrong interpretation that, as you're saying very astutely, you get your best Ohio guys and kind of your top tier targets that it's like, no matter what happens, we want Quinn Ewers. No matter what happens, we want Caleb Burton. No matter what happens, we want Jaheim Singletary. And I think the tight ends were a little bit of an exception to the rule this year. It's like, we can't mess around with that. Maybe there would have been other years where you would have, waited on tight ends and shot a little higher, whatever. It's like they can't afford to do that. So they went early with those guys. But then this next wave and what we're in now with the last eight guys who have gone since May 2nd, is that an indication of Ohio State working it out a little bit? Hey, these some of these guys, we'll see them in camps. They got, the players are working it out. Hey, I'm not a thousand percent sure just from the jump that I want to be a Buckeye. And maybe the Buckeyes being like, well, we like – we like six guys at this position. Let's think like what two or three of them do we really want? And then once the players figure that out and Ohio State figures that out, now we get this second wave. And that's why we're into this mix where there's another wave of guys who were coming May, June, July. Is that a fair interpretation of that? It is because there's a, a lot of different kinks that you have to consider when you're putting together a class. It's you know, how many guys do you want to at a specific position? You know, what's your attrition? Are you, what's your projected attrition going to be like at that position? Do you want to go developmental at this spot in this recruiting class? Cause you know, there's going to be big fish in the pond next year, or do you want to go all out and get the, the top of the top cream of the crop guy at this position this year? Maybe there's a guy you liked early on, but you haven't seen him in person, Little, not even just play football, just seen him face to face. And maybe you want to see how he's physically developed since the last time you saw him. Maybe he camped as a freshman and now you haven't seen him in person in three years. So let's see him first before we're ready to take that commitment. And then on the kid side, it's in this year, obviously, the added thing of we haven't taken visits, but it's also can be. I'm rising right now. We saw that with Keon Gray's a little bit, not to the same extent, but he was committed to Arizona at one point. And then the world started finding out about him. And so it's like, hmm, let me back off of this and let me make sure some things real quick. Let me make sure I'm not a better prospect in Arizona with all due respect to Arizona's football program. And, that you, and then you've got some other guys where maybe a Xavier Numpa where it's very si simple input. Hey, kid, you have a spot in our class right now if you want it but you are a top 100 safety with plenty of options and you're from Iowa and there's a lot on your plate right now. It's your spot. If you want it, when you want to claim it. And that's, it takes top 100 guys to do that, but there's all these different intricacies that go into, you know, building a recruiting class after you get that first wave, which is why no matter what program you're talking about, when you see commits, it's usually four or five within what a 90 to 90 day to three month period. But then after that, they might be quiet for a while and then it'll pick back up. I think I would imagine Dallin Hayden at running back fits into a little bit of this. And then we saw Nicholas Singleton then pop to Penn State, right? And some of this stuff. And who was the other kid that went to Oklahoma uh, like the day that Dallin Hayden committed, right? Gavin Schwank. And then they were also in on Damari Austin. Where, yeah, pretty simple. You had four guys that you really, really liked. So let's take our time here and figure out which one we really, really, really like. And then we'll kind of back off the other ones. And obviously Dallin Hayden ended up being the number one guy. But for a while, all four of those guys spent time being maybe what Ohio State wanted as the best. If they had their pick of the litter, it'd be this guy or this guy or that guy before they eventually settled in on Dallin Hayden. And some of that is because he got on campus and they got to see him in person. And I think the thing that happens at Ohio State, and I do think 
and we've talked about this a lot over the years, there is a part of recruiting at Ohio State that is much, much easier than recruiting anywhere else. Because at Ohio State, you just pick the guys you like best and you get a lot of them. And, and at other schools, I mean, especially the lower down you go, it's like, well, we know this player's good, but he's probably going to be too good for us. So now how much time are we going to waste on him where like we can pretend he's going to like us, but he's so good. Even if the big dogs haven't found him yet, they're going to find him. And then he's going to flip from us, go to them. And we're going to have to start over with somebody else. And then the guy that we do is going to be like, Oh, you like that other guy better. Why now I'm your backup. And it is just much more complicated. That is as much credit as we give Ohio state staff. Like it's kind of easy. So I think like Dallin Hayden, Ohio State decides that's the guy. They aren't necessarily shooting for the next trivia on Henderson because they have trivia on Henderson and Evan Pryor. But then Nicholas Singleton goes to Penn State, you know, like 10 days later or whatever it is. Because I would imagine that Penn State liked Nicholas Singleton, but maybe Nicholas Singleton was making sure he wasn't going to be Ohio State's pick, right? And then once they go with Dallin Hayden, now Nicholas Singleton's freed up and now Penn State can get their guy. And that's no offense to Penn State. Listen, maybe Nicholas Singleton, he's a Pennsylvania kid. Maybe he would have picked Penn State anyway. And a Penn State's going to win some of those battles every now and then. But a lot of times I think what you can see the dominoes start. It's like, oh, they, this kid goes here. Now all these other kids are freed up to commit because they're not holding out hope at the top. But that's the thing about Ohio State. You never, there is not a single kid in the country where Ohio State has to say, well, we can't go after him because we're not good enough for him. Yes, there are geographical fits, right? Yes, there are family connections and they have to be smart and they don't want to waste time on West Coast kids who only have a 10% chance of coming here because they can go right down the coast. But they're strategic about that. But most of the time, Stephen, when they want to go get a guy, they are, they are not waiting on another tier of schools. And I just thought the Singleton commitment was – just very interesting to me and just the timing of how that worked and that Penn state still, I think at times ends up waiting on kids that Ohio state decides they don't, that's not the guy they're going to take. Ohio state, Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, maybe Oklahoma to an extent, they can have a formula to this recruiting thing. That's completely independent on what anybody else is doing, which is why you see it with Clemson. A lot of time, they don't over offer, their offer sheet right now is very low because, and they don't even do official visits in the summer. They wait till the fall to have theirs. I mean, who else can do that? Ohio State, Alabama. There's only a couple of schools in the country who can go, we're not doing official visits in the, in the summertime because we don't have to. And Ohio State's in that same, because everybody else is waiting on Clemson. Everybody else is waiting on Ohio State. Yeah. So when you're a top tier program who's competing for national championships every single year, you can have a recruiting formula that, you know, guys like me can get into and kind of figure out. I could, I would assume people at Penn State aren't diving deep into whatever James Franklin recruiting formula is, because part of it is what's Ohio State going to get after and who do we think we can actually get? And that's no offense to anybody. I mean, it's just, no. it just feels like that that's, that's real. And if, I don't know, if someone has proof that it's not, then, you know, we'll, we'll, take, your, we'll take your information into consideration. Let's talk about two guys before we're going to mark down, Stephen, who you believe the next commitment will be. They have 17 in the class of 2022 so far. I think there's two that we have not yet talked about on Buckeye Talk. Uh, Kojo Antwi went on July 5th. Have you and Nathan covered him or do we need to talk about him a little bit from Georgia? Right. Uh, yeah. We touched on it uh, during the JTT pod, but not in depth. We just, I basically just said, yes, he's going to be an Ohio state guy. 
He's an interesting story, though, I think, that we can touch on right now. The number 115 player, the number 16 wide receiver in the country out of Georgia, the same city as Jordan Hancock in the 2021 recruiting call. Not the same high school, just the same city down there in Georgia. But what's interesting is back when Ohio State's only wide receiver commit was Caleb Burton. So this is back January, you know, December time. It, it, who was going to be the second commit came down to him and Keon Graves for a while, where both of those guys had some – ridiculous momentum headed towards Ohio state. I think Keon was more of a silent commit than Kojo was at that point, but it seemed like Kojo and him or him could pop at any moment. And obviously Keon ended up craving, ended up, you know, claiming that spot as a number two wide receiver in the class. But there was a time after that happened where Ohio state and Kojo didn't look like it was going to happen at all. He started to focus on some other options like Texas A&M or maybe even staying home to Georgia, and it was always in the back of his mind, but his parents maybe wanted him to stay in SEC country. So this looked like a battle that Ohio State was going to be out of, hence why Caleb Brown kind of came into the picture a little bit more than he was when it seemed like he was headed to Michigan. And then pretty much over the last month and a half here, Brian Hartline got to work, reestablished that relationship, and then got him on campus. And then from there, it was very clear that he was going to be a Buckeye after that point. But this went from – Hmm, maybe he's going to commit in February to hmm, maybe he's never going to be a Buckeye and he's not even considering them anymore to all of a sudden. Now he's the fourth wide receiver in the class simply because Jamison Williams left. And so now they had an extra spot in the room. Oh, okay. That, and and, uh, there's a lot of times in like reset pods like this, where we talk about how big is the class going to be and and who's leaving. And and I just feel like with enough of the pandemic stuff and guy like it doesn't, it doesn't feel as urgent. Right. I think is it, not that you can just get 35 guys, yeah. but I don't want to have that conversation now because nobody's eligibility counted last year. If guys stick around, it doesn't count. Those guys don't count against your 85 number. So I don't think like it's a fruitful conversation right now. I feel like their class is going to be as big as they want it to be is whenever they just have players they still want. Is that or is that not right? Yeah, I think they're just going to approach it as if that extra year doesn't exist for people. And if they have to deal with it when they need to deal with it, then they'll, if, you know, whoever the next Haskell Garrett or Thera Mumford or who decide to stay an extra year, they'll deal with it then. But right now, you just go about it as if you're, you're only looking at the 85 scholarship guys you have. And okay, how many spots do we have open in this class? All right. So then let's talk about the last guy who committed to Ohio State, George Fitzpatrick, the offensive tackle who went on Friday to be number 17. Uh, when we did the 2023 projection and depth chart projection, we were talking about tackles. Who might they get in this class? George Fitzpatrick by 247 Sports is the number 27 tackle in the country. Number 292 overall player. I, I don't want to use this word the wrong way. I don't want to use the word settle. But are they taking this kid because they know they can get him and they just need somebody in the house? Does, it, does this mean Zach Rice is not coming? Does this mean some of the top 100 tackles that they might be interested in. They're not as certain about what's the read on. I'm sure Fitzpatrick's a fine player, but what's the read on what the Fitzpatrick commitment tells us about any other tackles they may or may not get in this class. I think if you have to go with who's most likely to commit to Ohio state, other than George Fitzpatrick at this point, which is funny because when we decided to do this pod, I was going to pick him as my market down and then things started happening. So I had to change it when we recorded this on Friday. I don't, Zach Rice is probably not number one, number two, number three, when you're talking guys on the offensive line who are most likely to be Buckeyes, I would put Tyler Booker above him. 
out of IMG Academy, who's the number 42 player in the country. I would put Cam Dewberry over him, the number 101 player in the country. Maybe even Emil Matt Wagner over that as an Ohio kid who might be trending some other places, but still that's an Ohio kid who's the number 110 player in the country. And then obviously you know, on the interior, you've got a guy like Ernest Green from St. John Bosco, who's got a really good relationship with Wyatt Davis and basically thinks of this as if I come to Ohio State, I'm going to be the next Wyatt Davis. I think Zach Rice is North Carolina is doing a really good job down there recruiting him, which is interesting. North Carolina has gotten in on some Virginia guys in recent years. Obviously they got the five-star cornerback in last, last year's class who ended up reclassifying and joining and joining the team early. But I just, it's unlikely. I, I wouldn't bet my I wouldn't bet my money on Zach Rice being an Ohio State guy right now. Now, things can change over the next six months, but I wouldn't hold my breath on thinking that Zach Rice is going to be the guy you end up getting in this class to keep that, you know, five star offensive lineman in every single every year uh, streak alive that Ohio State has going on right now. All right. We'll take another break. We'll come back. Steven's going to mark down who he thinks the next commit for Ohio State will be, and then we'll do a tiny little bit of basketball talk on the addition of Cedric Russell, the transfer who's kind of filling the Dwayne Washington spot. We'll be right back on Buckeye Talk. Doug and Steven, try our text, 614-350-3315. Again, only about 10 days away from Big Ten Media Days in Indianapolis. So that's the kind of unofficial start to college football season. We get into those media days, so make sure – that you guys are locked in. Listen to Buckeye Talk five days a week. Reading cleveland.com slash Buckeye Talk. And again, the text 614-350-3315. All right, Stephen, do you want to list like your candidates that you considered for this spot? And then we'll make you mark it down who commit number 18 will be in this class. Yeah, so people I considered, obviously, George, before things happened, Cam Dewberry was on my list of guys because I was initially going to say, I think the next commit is going to be an offensive lineman. But now that one's obviously already joined the class, it takes us to where are the other guys where Ohio State seems to be really in on some guys, but it's also a need in the class. And that's defensive line where they are going to add. This is going to be a big defensive line class. I understand that you just got JT Tumalau and Jack Sawyer, who are your bona fide superstars on the on the edge for the next for two, at least two of the next three years, but you're going to lose a lot of guys after this year. Tyler Friday, Haskell Garrett, T- Tyreek Smith, Zach Harrison might leave after this season. If he pops, uh, there's just, there's going to be a lot of attrition after this season. So they're going to go big. And so one of my candidates was Chris McKellen, who for a long time seemed like an Oklahoma lean, but from what they've told him, he's gone from a guy who's an Oklahoma lead lean to he might end up just being the first defensive lineman in the class and then be the leader and the guy who convinces, you know, the Caden Curry's and the Mario Boris to come along. So he was one of the first guys I considered, but then also, as I've been talking, as we've been discussing on a multitude of pods, they need safeties. They need to, they need safeties. And really in a perfect world, they get Zion branch and Xavier Nupa. Zion branch is going to wait to the fall because he's got two official visits. One of which is the Clemson. They wants to take in the fall, but then also that's just always been the plan. So that's why my, I, my, my eyes immediately led to Xavier Nupa. I think this is, and if I have to start marking it down now, those are my two options along with Cam Dewberry. If I had to mark one down, I think it might be Xavier Nupa time. I think they all know that they needed to give him some time after he came for his June visit. 
He's been in Ohio State lean for a while now. As I mentioned earlier, they've talked about how, listen, there's a spot for you if you want it and whenever you want it. I'm not saying it's coming this week or next week. I'm saying I think he's going to be their next commit. And maybe it doesn't come until the beginning of August. But I just think at this point, the relationship he has with Kerry Combs, with Matt Barnes, but then more importantly, his relationship with Keon Graves and CJ Hicks. And then obviously some guys in the 2023 class who might end up being the first commit, which I'll get into in a second here i think he might feel more feel comfortable and ready to make that decision here coming up in the next few weeks or maybe next month okay so is that that's your that's who you're going to mark down yep i'm marking down xavier Nampa, the number 54 player the number five safety in the country will be ohio state's next commit okay so that chris mckellen guy that you were talking about mm-hmm. is from oklahoma and McClellan, my mistake. Chris McClellan from Oklahoma, defensive lineman, number 160 national player. He's from the same high school that Josh Proctor went to. Mm-hmm. And that makes me wonder if there's a somebody at that high school who has Ohio State ties. Um, I don't know that from Proctor's commitment, but uh, makes me curious. Looks like the head coach there is a, is a former college coach. He's the former head coach at Tulsa. And so now I want to know what, what the connection is there. I probably should know that, but I don't. All right, let's look into that. But that's, I mean, it's also might just be like, Hey, Josh Proctor went there. Now somebody else from that high school is going to go there, but it's always interesting because it's not like they've been in Oklahoma a ton in the past. That is not an area where Ohio state, where Ohio state like gathers a lot of guys. So um, if this would be another Oklahoma kid from that same school, that would be very interesting. All right. So you have marked that down and you think it's, do you think a wave is continuing or do you think there might be, all right, you know what? Like they're kind of finishing up this, this July wave. And that could that be more towards like the start of the season? I, I think. Or, or I is there know. no wave? Is it just like, I don't know. It's whenever the kid decides to commit. No, there's a wave of it. They, they, they do come in kind of group because it is kind of a wave right now, right? They've gotten what three or four guys here in the last couple of weeks, so it, it's a wave. It's not. It's not. It's never going to be as crazy as a wave as what we saw last spring, where we were all stuck in the house, where it seemed like every day we just need to be keeping our eyes on guys because they were getting back to back commitments on back to back. I think there was a point where they got a guy on three straight days, which was which was yeah. always fun. But I don't think it's ever going to be like that because it doesn't have to be because we're not stuck in a pandemic. Well, we are, but not to that extreme anymore. More. But I do think, I mean, they might, I think two or three more this summer, and then okay. we'll get into the season where you see comes kind of like with the 2020 classes like this, you got a few more in the summer and then Jacoby Cowan and a few and CJ Stroud, and a few other guys joined along in the fall. Okay. They've had uh four since June 22nd. So that has been, that has been flowing a little bit. So that's, yeah. you know, that's a, that's a nice little summer boon here for the Buckeyes. Okay. Let's, Quickly, before we get out of here on this Monday Buckeye talk, let's talk about Cedric Russell, the transfer from Louisiana, announced on Friday that he's coming to Ohio State. 17 points a game last year, and he's filling the Dwayne Washington spot. That if, if Dwayne Washington had stayed at Ohio State and had not gone to the NBA draft, then Cedric Russell wouldn't be here. So they fill the spot. Is it, I mean, is he just, Dwayne Washington, is he going to start? Because if Dwayne was here, Dwayne would have started. Is he just going to be Dwayne Washington, or is that is that too simplistic? Yeah, it's too simplistic. He's filling the Dwayne Washington spot, and I think, yeah, he might start. But I don't think he's filling the Dwayne Washington role completely 
Yes, they're going to ask him to score. He's more, I think he's a, a more consistent shooter than what Dwayne was. Dwayne's great when he's hot, but when he's not hot, he's not. This guy's a 40% three point shooter basically last year and his freshman year. And then the two years in between, he kind of had an off year, but this kid's a 40% three point shooter, which is what Ohio state was missing from that role last year. The difference I think is going to be what happens at the end of the game and who has the ball. Dwayne had the ball as we discussed at length way too much at the end of the game because they didn't have anybody else who could put the ball in the basket, who can do things offensively because you got to find ways to get it to EJ Liddell. And then CJ Walker is not really a scorer. There's upgrades there. One EJ Liddell is just going to be a better basketball player than he was last year. Cause that's just how the life works. Michi Johnson. Isn't going to be a 20 points per game score. That's not what he is, but he can score the basketball. This is a kid who put up 50 points in his second game of high school high school basketball as a true freshman you've got malachi brenham you've got justice suing who when he's at his best can be a scoring option for you so there the difference is you have a scoring option just like you had with Dwayne washington but you don't have to rely on cedric russell for 40 minutes the way that you had to rely on Dwayne washington especially in the last four or five six minutes of the game i think there are enough other options that you can rely on as well so it's yes he's the new Dwayne, but I don't think you're going to be pulling your hair out every time you're watching him. 42% from the field, 40% from three-point range last year. First team all Sun Belt, mm-hmm. uh, ranked 20th among Division One players in three-pointers made. Um, and three-pointers made per game. Okay, so like he is, he's a shooter. He's a shooter. And I guess shooting always helps. Uh, it's just hard. It's just hard. I, I just... You know, it's the old man in me. It's like they're going to rely on a Penn State transfer and a Louisiana transfer, and you didn't get to see Dwayne come all the way through. And it's like, okay, I get it, but uh, I'll be, I'll be curious. I'll just be curious how fans react. I mean, if they win, they win, and everybody will be fired up, you know. But it's like, hey, here comes Cedric Russell in July, and he's going to be an important part of the team. And it's not like he's the first transfer they've ever had. I can remember the big hubbub people made about Anthony Lee when he was like the leading rebounder, I think in the country at Temple. It's like Anthony Lee's coming. It's like Anthony Lee didn't do anything. So it's like, you know, it's part of the deal, but um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. It's a nice replacement. He's not as good as Dwayne. Right. So it's like, you'd rather have Dwayne Washington than this guy, but you'd rather have this guy than nothing. Once the Dwayne Washington scholarship opened up, is that a fair assessment? That's actually the perfect way to sum it up. And it shouldn't change your expectations so for who should be the best players on his team. EJ Liddell still needs to be a guy who might be a, a Big Ten player of the year candidate. And Malachi needs to be a Big Ten freshman of the year candidate. That that didn't change. That was going to be this the state. That was going to be the case if Dwayne Washington came back. Now that really is the case now that he's not here and you've had a Cedric Russell. All right. So that's our market down Monday. Stevens made his choice. I've listened because that's all I'm going to do on a recruiting <laughs> podcast. Listen and attempt to moderately get names correct. Uh, we appreciate you guys being part of it, as always. Just a lot going on. Like you could just like you can like feel it gearing up. You know, like Nathan is like I did my vacation. Stephen did a vacation. Nathan's in his vacation now, and then like Nathan's going to be back, and it's going to be like go time. So like a week from now, it's going to be go time. It's going to be what are the results of our Cleveland.com Big Ten preseason poll? That's going to start coming out a week from now where we're going to give a week from now, the market down Monday is going to be what Steven, Nathan, and I are all predicting for who's going to finish where in the big 10, who's going to win the big 10. That's what you're going to hear a week from now. And then like next Tuesday and Wednesday, that's when the poll results are going to start rolling out. And then Thursday and Friday, we're going to be an indie. So 
get ready, people finish up for your vacations. Cause like if you're a college football fan, you know, you can't, once we start talking about the actual season, you, you have to end your vacation. So I'm, I'm sorry. If you have one scheduled in August, I don't know what to tell you. Um, it takes vacations in August. I can remember. It always felt to me like when I was a kid that like the August was the big vacation time, but that's because nobody, when I was a kid, nobody went to school. It felt like until after Labor Day. And now I know it's like everybody's in school in yeah. August. It feels like, like my birthday is you started when like earlier than that. We started by my freshman year of high school. We were starting mid August. I, my birthday's August 30th and I never once in my life was okay. in, was in school for my birthday. So that was just back in the olden days. So I don't know what it is, but okay. Thanks to you guys for listening. Thanks to Steven for carrying the show today for Steven means I'm Doug Maurice and that, was Buckeye Talk. <laughs>